Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we help you discover innovative startups in the outdoor sport industry. Join us as we tell the story of brands who are paving the way for the future of outdoor sports. And here's your host, Josh Salvo. Hey, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to shine the spotlight on our membership program. With it, you can get up to 40% off our brands, discover dozens of new innovative outdoor startups, receive first access to new products, gain access to ambassador programs for over 50 of our startups, and receive first access to purchase demo and trade show gear at 30 to 60% off. Head to readyyeti.com slash members to sign up. What is going on, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners? Josh Savile here, your host, and on today's episode, I am sitting down with Quinn Schrock, the founder of Everchanging Horizon. On today's episode, we're actually going to flip the format a little bit, um, interviewing a Instagram photographer, lifestyle photographer. He's got over 450,000 Instagram followers and has worked with brands like GoPro, Sony, Land Rover, Hydroflask, Eddie Bauer, and a ton of others. Um, I'm really excited to be able to sit down with Quinn and get to know uh, his story and really hear how he grew his following. And uh, with that, uh, Quinn, how are you doing? Hey, good, Josh. Doing well. Awesome. So you're you're uh, you're driving through LA as we speak, sitting in bumper to bumper traffic. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me a bit and. Uh, get to know and hear your story. Um, but right off the bat, I want to start off asking a little bit uh, for the listener that may not be familiar with you and your your work. How would you best describe what you do to someone you just met? Uh, so I guess I've always been a bit of an adrenaline junkie, um, and I've always liked the outdoors. So. Um, Basically, what I do is I go about living my life exactly how I want to, and in the exciting and epic moments that I find on the road, I try to capture the feeling of, of being in that moment. So if somebody's taking an epic cliff jump or um, you know bombing a hill or, or something to that extent, um, I just really try to get in there with, with the angles and capture the great feeling that I get when I'm in that moment. That's awesome. So did you grow up knowing that you wanted to become a photographer? Oh, definitely not. So I grew up in a business-oriented family with uh, the impression that um, someday I would sit at a desk and, uh, you know, become a grown-up and that in a way my my childhood, my exciting life that I had as a child would be kind of over and I, I have to transition to adult life. So photography was never never even in my mind as an option. At what point did it become, a, I guess, a, a possibility in becoming your, your full-time job? Um, I say with the rise of social media, um, I was just kind of like everyone else where I was posting iPhone shots of fun and exciting moments that I would encounter. Um, I started on Instagram when I was living in Hawaii. Um, so there's lots of, lots of great photo ops and basically any photo just looks, looks amazing in Hawaii with the bright blue water and the green foliage and everything. So, um, 
I guess uh, I started posting photos like everyone else, and then all of a sudden, people really liked my photos. Somehow on Instagram, um, a bigger audience started to find my photos, and uh, slowly my following started growing. And eventually, um, eventually, when I got enough followers, I started to get job opportunities. So. Yeah, that's when the idea of potentially making money in photography came about when I started getting those offers. That's really interesting. So, uh, in growing up, where, where did you go to school? So, I, I went to school at BYU-Hawaii in, uh, on the North Shore of Oahu. And a lot of my reasoning for choosing that school was because it was in Hawaii and I just wanted to pursue my, my passions of surfing a little bit longer before that you know, ever approaching day of, of sitting down at a desk and not being able to do that anymore. Definitely. So, so yeah, it, it in, was a great- yeah, keep going. If, um, I was going to say in going to school, what did you, what did you study? Oh yeah. I studied, I started out in business first and, uh, then I switched over to accounting and, I got a job at the school as a, an internal auditor. So just an accountant for the school and, I was pretty into it for a little while, but photography switched things up for me. So what year did you did you graduate and start doing the accounting thing? Uh, so I quit it in 2013, the end of 2013, and uh, just to, uh, before I got an official job, you know, at a at an accounting firm, got my CPA license, which was always the plan. Um, I just decided to take a trip to, uh, again, prolong the day of sitting at a desk for the rest of my life. <laughs> and uh, so I, I bought a ticket to Peru at that point. So I found a cheap ticket for like 300 bucks or something. And so I took a solo trip to Peru and, and started taking photos down there and kind of just fell in love with traveling and, um, yeah, that's kind of when my photography uh, started, I guess, on that trip. So when you first started, obviously, you've, you've one of the constants is living in really interesting places like Hawaii or going to Peru and having awesome landscapes to take and capture incredible Definitely. photos of, right? Um, would you, what would you, in addition to that, what would you say, would you say it was sort of serendipitous where you sort of got lucky? in being like, all right, I'm just going to create an Instagram and post these cool photos. And then out of nowhere, it was just like traction. Or would you say there were a few things that really helped catapult you into being like, hey, this could be like a real thing. I could do this for a full time. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think I definitely had a a knack for photography in general. Um, But it was majority majority timing that I got on Instagram early enough before everyone was doing exactly what I'm doing now. But, um, it was a combination of, um, just my, my personality of, of being very adventurous and constantly looking for new places. Um, and then being able to take a good enough photo and then the combination of meeting other photographers that started to teach me how to 
how to do change settings and to uh, really push my photography to the next level. That was a huge part of, of growing my Instagram account. After I was already established at maybe 10,000 followers, then I started reaching out to people that were a lot like me, um, that took the same photos, had the same lifestyle, that were were in the industry, that had been in the industry for you know 10 years getting to it. So they started to just explain how, how to go about taking better photos and how to capture the feeling and not only that, but how to kind of work the angles of social media where you, you should be posting at a certain time every day and just uh, defining your style and maybe editing style and, and the feeling of your photo and everything. So um, there was a lot of factors that went into it, that's for sure. I bet. I mean, building a, an Instagram following of over... 450,000 is a is definitely an impressive accomplishment. Um, would you say that along this process, so like you, you started taking it seriously in 2013, you'd say? Yeah, yeah, I would say um, not so much taking photography seriously, but um, taking, I guess it was the first time in my life that I didn't have anyone telling me what to do. You right. know, I had been all, all up to that point. And uh, all of a sudden, I was at this crossroad of I, I either get a full-time job or, you know, I, I take the other route where I get this wanderlust that I've been suffering for my whole <laughs> life. And I take a, take a trip that I've always dreamt of. Um, and so that Peru trip was just a taste and I needed a little bit more. So I, I planned my like ultimate dream road trip where I started in California, went all the way up into like northern Canada, and then from Canada down to Panama. Um, and I sold my car down there in Costa Rica. So I, I went to basically all the places that I'd seen photos of, not so much to take photos, but just to experience it because I had been inspired by the photography that I have that I had seen of the places. Um, so um, it wasn't necessarily I started to take photography seriously, in 2013, I just started to do the things that I had always wanted to do, and it just so happens that on that road trip, my my friend was actually a really great photographer, um, and she brought her camera along, and she started to teach me some of the basics and actual photography as opposed to iPhone-ography. Right, know? right. Uh, what I always did before that trip. So, yeah, it all kind of fell into place on that, that she happened to be a great photographer. I didn't even know before that trip. Timing really is key. Yes, most definitely. How long did that trip uh, last for you? It sounds like a trip of a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that was the, It really was the trip of a lifetime. I still consider it the best trip I've ever done. Um it was, I want to say, five months long. Damn. We didn't know how long it would take, but ran out of money down in, uh, like, in Panama, I guess, and I was able to sell the car for more than I bought it for in, in Costa Rica, just because they don't have any <laughs> any high-quality cars down there, so that was a nice way to go about it. Oh, that's really interesting. So, in, in go lasting five months, um, I think I read that you had a budget of about $2,000 for that entire trip? 
Yeah, it was actually probably the least opportune time for me to take the take the trip because <laughs> I was probably the most broke I've I've ever been. Um, just out of college, you know, I yeah. kind of spent all my money at that point, and it was time to get a job. But um, I took it as a challenge, I guess, to see how far we could go on pretty much nothing. Yeah. And my Toyota Corolla got like twenty. No, it got like forty-five miles to the gallon. What? And we were splitting gas. Yeah. And for that whole five months, we never, we never paid for a hotel or or a hostel or anything really. We just kind of free camped everywhere. Oh, that's interesting. So, what did you guys do for food? Uh, for food, we we were all about the ramen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Love we it. had like Costco. We'd stop at Costco every every month or so and get like forty eight pack of pop tarts and what else? What else? Mashed potatoes was pretty good. <laughs> in in Mexico, we lived off of like bananas and, and refried beans and tortillas. You know, so like we would get sick of one one terrible meal and then go on to the next one and it, in the end it was just uh again it was a challenge to basically see how far we could go with very little and so that was that was a lot of fun that's so cool and i guess for anyone listening if you think you're too broke to travel you're not <laughs> yeah yeah we uh i think we went about twenty five thousand miles on that trip wow with very little money so where was your favorite place? Hmm, I'd say the, the place that really blew me away the most. Um, well, that's a pretty, pretty tough one, but I would say Mexico. Really? There's an area in Mexico, in, like, in central Mexico, called uh, San Luis de Potosí, and it had some of the best waterfalls I've ever seen. And it was just completely unexpected, you know. Was, most of that trip we had certain places that we wanted to hit, uh, but Mexico we were planning on just bolting it through there because we've always heard about how dangerous it is and whatnot but ended up staying in mexico a lot longer than i thought that's really interesting and do you speak spanish yeah i do speak spanish i lived in costa rica for two years uh, as a missionary so that was i think that was what enabled us to go down into latin america because some of the places we went to definitely weren't uh foreigner friendly right so uh the fact that i knew spanish i don't think people mess with us as much yeah, yeah definitely definitely um so a along this whole journey what would you say uh is something that's a little bit more unique about you that maybe isn't as um public to your following and um that you feel really um differentiates you from other um, lifestyle and outdoor photographers. Hmm. Differentiates. Um, well, at least in my perspective and my, my circle of friends, I feel like I'm very new at this. And, uh, a lot of my friends were raised around photography and kind of knew they wanted to be a photographer their whole life. Um, as opposed to me, I, I have a little bit different perspective because, again, I didn't expect it at all. And uh, so I, I've been on the other side where I was really, really dreading um, 
you know, I was going to become an accountant for the rest of my life. And right. uh, I was just kind of in the process of accepting that and kind of bummed, you know. So it's almost like offered me a, a second chance. Not even that, like just a better chance at life. So um, something to get more excited about. And it's it's definitely an exciting way to live. And I just, I never expected it to be this you know, um, unique every day and, and trying to basically at this point, my job is to dream up the coolest thing that I can imagine, you know, the coolest place, the coolest trip, um, the most exciting thing to do. And that's my job. You right. know, I know as, as a kid, I'd get paid to do everything that I always like dreamt about, you know? Of course. So, it's just, it's very new and exciting, and I'm coming from an accounting background that is polar opposite, so um, I think that passion kind of translates through my work, that just being so grateful that I have this opportunity versus I've had this opportunity my whole life. Right. I think that's really important and a really good point. Um, I wanted to ask you offline, we were talking about um, sort of how... Um, where your home base is and you mentioned that you sort of rotate between three places and then you're you're traveling a lot i wanted to ask sort of if you could walk us through what that's like yeah so i kind of have it down to a science um i love hawaii it's what inspired me to pick up a camera in the first place and i don't really like cold weather for that reason <laughs> so i love surfing I don't like cold weather. I love Hawaii. So I'm in Hawaii from January to about May um, to escape the cold weather on the mainland. And at that point, I usually, I usually buy a flight back and say hi to my family because in Hawaii, I don't have much family. Um, and transition to mainland living. So I'll, I'll go back to California for a few months, which is where I am right now. And uh, for the fall time, I like to be up in the fall colors up in like Pacific Northwest or Canada because I have a lot of friends up there. So um, so I'm in California from like May to July or so and then July to October, Pacific Northwest. And then those last two months, I usually come back to California or just try to try to full time travel or fill in the gap. But. That seems to work the best for me so that I'm always seeing new places and they're they're highly contrasting locations too between warm and cold and and whatnot. So I never really get sick of any of those places. Not a bad way to live. <laughs> yeah, that's like my, my reality I've built, I guess. That's those pretty three. that's really awesome. So along this journey you've been able to work with some pretty cool uh, businesses like GoPro, Sony, um, and a bunch of others. What do you do? What exactly is it that you do for them? Like when a, when a company like GoPro comes to you, what is it exactly that they want you to do for them? Well, it all depends on on how involved I am with the companies, but to some extent, it always involves um, creating content for them. So um, it's usually twofold between. Um, sending them high resolution images for them to use, uh, you know, to promote their products or to promote a place or some kind of event that they're doing. 
so like marketing images on the back end that nobody ever sees on my Instagram account. Mm-hmm. And, and usually it involves posting, you know, a very small portion of what I did for whatever project it was on my Instagram account. So maybe like the highlight of what I did on my Instagram account. So it's it's a few posts and a lot more photos on the back end. That's really interesting. So how did you go about bringing on clients like GoPro or other big ones like Hydroflask and Eddie Bauer? Uh, so I've never been strong on the, the business side of things. So I'm not one of those guys that's constantly running around and, and trying to network with with companies or even sending emails. I don't ever reach out to companies on my own. Um, I've actually gone about it a different way where I feel more comfortable getting excited about somebody, so like a person that I think is cool on Instagram. So I'll reach out to a personal person and uh, and I just want to want to hang out with them, meet them, do something really fun with them. And generally these people are connected with other brands as well. So lots of times my clients that reach out to me say that they saw me on so-and-so's feed. And, and so I never directly reach out to a company. Um, I reach out to a person who in turn posts something about me and then a company clicks on me via my friend and, and they get, get in contact with me through there. So um, I've taken a less or an unconventional approach to, to working with companies where I never reach out myself. Um, the companies come to me based on my connections and I guess just my, my photos because um, lots of times companies just see my photos on Instagram or, or I don't know how they find them, but, um, yeah, I never reach out to companies. They come to me to some extent. Yeah. I think having a that strong personal network really goes to show how valuable it is and how you don't have to be that like salesman, so to speak. Right. You just have to hone your craft, continue doing what you enjoy doing and knowing that, your work is valuable and that brands will come to you. I think that's really cool. And I very impressive that <laughs> you've been able to do that um, yeah. in such a yeah. short period of time. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't like the idea of reaching out to a company for some reason. It seems like, because uh, when a company does reach out to me, it means that they are interested in my images Right, and so the ball's in my court to negotiate a price at that point. Um, but if I reach out to a company, generally they're going to ask for more from me. The ball's in their court to be like, "Oh, hey, you want to work with us? We have something that you want, so we're going to take as much as we can." Right, um, you know. So at this point, I just uh, I have enough offers coming to me that um, I just take whatever comes into my inbox and, and sift through the bad offers and entertain the good offers and set my price as high as I can go. And, um, it definitely wasn't always like that. You know, I was, I was entertaining some pretty terrible offers in the beginning. Um, you know, a a month's worth of work for like 500 bucks or something like that just to get started. Um, 
but at that point it was like well i had i had enough saved up from other jobs and you kind of have to take every little offer that comes in and treat it like it's the most precious thing ever because even if you're starting with a very small company and they're paying you terrible if you do a really good job for them it eventually gets it, it gets spread in the in the industry you know they're like okay so you work with this random little company but that's a really epic shot maybe right. we're a little bit bigger than them but still i think your work is is on our level so it's kind of like small steps until you get up to the land rover and the gopro and all that you know definitely in the beginning you, you gotta take some uh <laughs> take some interesting offers or or low ball offers just to get started you know definitely definitely what, what's one of the one of your the most enjoyable projects that you've ever worked on mm. oh that's a that's an interesting question um Man, there's so many to think about. I was really excited about the Land Rover offer, and it was something that was out of my uh, out of my comfort zone because I don't generally take pictures of cars or anything like that. So, I think it was the most exciting offer because they were a big company, and uh, it was something that I was like very nervous about. But in the end, it turned out really well, and I was able to satisfy the the client and whatnot. So I know it's not the most glamorous or exciting to talk about, but that was kind of like a big break for me. Oh, definitely. So, so I was excited. What would you, yeah, definitely, definitely. What would you say inspires you the most to continue doing what you're doing? Like what, what really like excites you when you, you know, wake up in the morning and you're going to be working about something like what, what about what you do um, really gets you amped? <laughs> um I just get super excited that I don't have to go to work. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the word is have, have to go to work. Yeah, right. Cuz I mean yeah, I, I guess just the fact that I'm working for myself and uh yeah, the fact that I'm working for myself and I don't have to do anything, so um I'll only take the offers that I'm really excited about. And even even if nothing comes that day, you know, like, well, I'll go out and do something that I actually want to do without, without having to, for having it to be sponsored. So I think it's just, I'm so excited about having this, uh, this lifestyle long-term that it's just, yeah, it's kind of a dream come true for me. But, um, I think the most exciting thing for me is always trying new things and going new places. So um, if, if you want to take it to a grassroots level, like what gets me excited in the morning, it's definitely to try new things, whether it be trying a new trick on a skateboard or trying, uh, trying to jump something higher off a cliff or, or even just like changing up my camera setup and, and trying to take a different photo. Um, the fact that I can get creative on a photography level or on a physical level, um, and it's, it's my job. It's, it's always really exciting. It's all up to me, you know, what I do in every day. Definitely. Definitely. So along this journey, what would you say has been one of the hardest parts about building your, your brand? 
one of the hardest parts. Um, well, it just seems like a very saturated market now. So I guess one of the hardest parts is um, to differentiate yourself. Because um, in a lot of ways, you go on Instagram, it seems like every shot, every angle of every place has all been taken. So it's like, it's almost like repeating repeating every shot so getting creative without having without like copying anyone else is is a little tough um and then also for me the, one of the hardest things to get excited about is is back-end stuff so like editing photos after i take them and uh negotiating offers with with emails and whatnot so uh that's been a challenge to constantly be out, you know, like out of service, out in Yosemite in the back country. And then I have like offers coming in. Um, so in the end, that would be just like hiring an agent for me. But at the same time, I don't feel comfortable with anyone enough to like hand over my email inbox to an agent. So right. it's kind of thing, uh, Balancing being out in the field and doing exactly what I love versus having a connection in the morning to check for email offers and whatnot. So, yeah, that's been a challenge. I totally understand that. What would you say is your greatest fear and how do you manage it? I mean, I, I think uh, an obvious answer for that for me would be um, that Instagram all of a sudden is gone. You know, most of my clients find me on instagram and reach out and a lot of my value is on social media so um that's a huge fear that you know one day it will be irrelevant have you thought about any idea of what you would do to move past instagram yeah that's uh, i'm always in the process of that you know it's a huge platform for me but uh every client that I'm, I'm working with is a real company with real people that I'm making connections with. Um, so, I mean, in the end, if Instagram dies tomorrow, I still have my portfolio of photographs that I'm excited and, and proud of. Um, so it would, yeah, it would just be a different approach to, uh, continuing a job as a photographer, I guess. Right. Right. So, Along the journey, what would you say have been some of the the bigger mistakes that you've made? Hmm. That's hard to say. Um, I guess in the end, um, I wish I would have gone full-time sooner. I was just a little scared to, like, to stop working any other normal job, and I should have had a little bit more faith in myself and uh kind of went all in a little bit earlier because i would have been that much more ahead of the curve um in terms of uh, having experience working with companies and and whatnot so yeah just just wish i would have believed in myself um before i had instagram recognition right self-doubt's always it's always there. <laughs> it creeps in from time to time. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone? I mean, we've talked about this. You've mentioned the fact that Instagram is sort of become an oversaturated market with photographers. But for someone that maybe felt like that they could offer something that's still even unique, 
Um, what advice would you give to them if they wanted to start a Instagram account or become a professional photographer and try and do it full time like you're doing and avoid that desk job? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's uh, there's plenty of things that you can do um, between with Instagram nowadays. Let, let me just clarify: it is oversaturated. However, there are a lot of pros to starting an Instagram account account nowadays because um, I think Instagram does seem to pour a lot of uh, a lot of exposure into new accounts. Like smaller accounts have more potential to get on the Explore page and whatnot. Um, so it seems like they highlight newer accounts, like underrated type accounts. So I've seen a lot of people go really fast. Um, not through purchasing, you know, outside help, but just through Instagram, seeing their potential and, and featuring them. So um, I think there's there's a number of ways you can do that. You have to, first off, work on your photography and define your style. So whatever you're into or whatever you want to portray in the photo, you just have to define the feeling that you want and your editing style is very important. It seems like a lot of photographers are very um, successful when they have a particular editing style that can be pinpointed to them. Um, where, whereas um, if you don't have a certain style or editing style, um, you could be confused with anyone else. So um, kind of define your photography style, editing style, post Every day, I would say in the beginning, maybe even twice a day. I did twice a day for about a year, I think, uh, when I was on that first road trip. So the more content you put out on social media, the more potential you have to um, get featured or go viral or however you want to call it. Um, so post consistently, define your style, and, and then comes interact with others. So... Even on an Instagram level, um, you know, like leave comments on other people's photos, um, comment back to anybody that's commenting on your photo so that you seem like a real person. And uh, in a real level, I would say go to Instagram meetups, maybe even host Instagram meetups, try to meet people that you aspire to be like, which is what I did that helped a lot in the beginning. Um, so yeah, those, those are a few of my, my suggestions. I think that's great advice. So going down or going into the future, where do you see yourself with your business in the next year or five years or maybe even 10 years down the road? Do you, do you think you'll still be living a very, um, uh, sort of lifestyle where you travel a lot or, or where do you see yourself going in the future? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I've, uh, built kind of built my lifestyle at least in the last few years off of being kind of spontaneous and like rolling with whatever with whatever happens so to some extent I'll continue that way um, so I don't have a, a sure future I don't think that this extreme nomadic lifestyle is very um, long term so eventually I'll probably choose one of my three bases um, and just get a place full-time and and probably travel a little bit less but still 
accept the good offers that come my way. Um, so that's it, you know, within the next few years, that's kind of what I see happening. And then within the next five, 10 years, that's, that's a tougher question where I don't know if I'll continue in photography, if I can, if I can make it full time in photography itself, or if I would want to, you know, manage a company's social media. I've, I've met a few like creative directors that seem like they have really cool and interesting jobs that I'd be interested in. Um, so there's a number of, of avenues I could take, but it is nice to have my, my business background so that I can appeal to a wider variety of, of jobs that combine business and social media. Definitely. So what's the best part about running your, your brand and your business and doing all the things that you get to do on a daily basis? Uh, by far the best part is not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone's into it, but I definitely am. Um, where it's, you just never know what, what offers are going to come your way or um, if it's going to be an epic sunrise or, you know, there's, there's so many things, so many unknowns that um, make it exciting to wake up in the morning. And, uh, yeah, I'll always be grateful for that. I just never, um, never expected to be in the position that I am, and I'm extremely grateful for it. Without a doubt. And Quinn, I, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me and share your story. It's been really fun to hear how you got started and where you are now and where you're going to be going in the future. And I'm, I'm excited, and I know definitely a lot of our followers are, to see what you do in the future with all of your different projects that you're working on. Um, but for the listener that might want to keep tabs on what you're doing and follow you closely, what, where's the best place for them to do that? Uh, definitely my Instagram account, Everchanging Horizon. And, uh, and then I also have my blog, everchanginghorizon.com. I'm on Insta or I'm on Facebook, Everchanging Horizon. So yeah. Um, Instagram is generally my, my biggest, um, account, best way to follow exactly what I'm doing on a day to day basis. That is for sure. There are some pretty epic photos on there. I honestly, uh, every time I'm on there, I scroll forever. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I need to stop. <laughs> I need to get back to work doing something productive. <laughs> but yeah, Quinn, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. It was a blast getting to know you. And we'll link all this stuff up in the show notes for anyone listening that wants to check out some of his photography and follow along. It's definitely worthwhile. And uh, thanks, Quinn. Perfect. Thank you, Josh. Hey, Ready Any Podcast listeners, if you enjoyed today's episode, then I would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Any Podcast. I'll catch you next week.